Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. do open them to Ephesians 6. So for the next 25 to 30 minutes, we will be exploring what it means to put on the breastplate of righteousness. So we're uh, journeying through our uh, teaching series got, uh, called Get Kitted Out, which is all about the armour of God. And we'll be looking at the second. The first was the belt of truth, which Sim spoke on last week. And if you missed that, you can catch it online or on Church Suite. And the second we're speaking about today is the breastplate of righteousness. So let's read. Uh, we find the imagery in Ephesians 6 uh, from verse 10. So we're going to read this together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then. Do you think he wants us to stand? Okay, so stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. I just love how that rhymes. Uh, And with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, I wonder what your favourite battle scene is in a film. So, we have, there's a lot in Lord of the Rings. So, your favourite might be in there. Uh, We've got Star Wars. There's a lot of fight scenes and battle scenes in Star Wars. If you like something maybe a bit more down to earth, there's some in Chronicles of Narnia. Ah. Chronicles of Narnia, come on, what a classic. Chronicles of Narnia, there's lots of fight scenes in there. And Edge of Tomorrow, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's quite sickeningly comical, where the battle is just repeated every time he dies. It's a lovely Sunday afternoon watch. Okay, so Edge of Tomorrow, there's lots of fight scenes in. But in films and in TV shows and in books, maybe when we have to use our imagination, okay, which we don't do very often, but we, we, we see these battle scenes and fight scenes and they can be very thrilling and exciting and, and large and huge and feisty, but maybe when we watch scenes in films like Black Hawk Down or Fury or like Sim mentioned last week, Hapsall Ridge or Saving Private Ryan, We Are Soldiers, I haven't seen that one, is it old? Yeah. What, We Are Soldiers? We were soldiers. Is that old? I haven't seen it, but apparently there's battle scenes in it. Okay, so we're on a great start this morning. So uh, there's loads of battle scenes. And in, in films like that where they're about real stories, it, it kind of it brings to life the reality of what war is like. And so they, they tell stories, don't they? Non-fiction stories of wars that have happened. And it reminds us of the reality of what war is like. And so Paul here in Ephesians 6, I love how he, uh, he portrays that reality of the war that we're in. And the war isn't against flesh and blood, although those still happen. He's saying the war that we're in is against the things unseen. 
It's against the spiritual forces in this evil heavenly realms, the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. So, my favourite thing to do, in the next uh, few moments, we're going to paint a metaphorical picture of what the battle looks like that we're in. So I'd love you in twos and threes, the people around you, uh, to, to come up with answers to the question, what are we fighting against? So in our normal routine of our day, during the week, during different seasons of life, what do we find ourselves fighting against? You've got just a couple of minutes, and then we'll come back together and paint that metaphorical picture. Okay, so let's get some of your ideas. Uh, let's start to the right, uh, your left, this group over here. What did you, um, there's someone from there. Uh, what, what do we find ourselves fighting against? Okay, temptation, brilliant. Okay, anything else? Actually, you only get one. Okay, let's go, sorry. Uh, let's go further back. Uh, what did you speak about? Routine, okay, so routine. <laughs> we are all about honesty here. Okay, so routine, brilliant. And just the kind of mundane life stuff, yeah? So that can be a battle, can't it? Brilliant. Have we got any at the back there? Fear, amazing. So we, we can often find ourselves fighting against fear. Brilliant. Let's go like a snake. So at the back in the middle, time. Time. That's interesting. Okay, slightly further forward in the middle here. Apathy. I don't know how to spell that, but I'm going to give it a go. So the Spouses. Ah, uh, let's not, let's leave that one off. Okay, well, we, we fight against people though, right? Let's just not, yeah, it's people, got it. Okay, so people, we fight against people and their ideas and opinions and everything to do with who they are, we can sometimes find ourselves fighting against. At the front down here, negative thoughts. What are we fighting against? Okay, so knowing what a problem is in a relationship and then doing something about it, yeah? The wedges, the, the, the tensions, I guess, of, of being in relationship with people. Brilliant. Is that right? Who knows? Okay, and further back, yeah? The devil. Okay, let's put him down. He's very real, isn't he? He's very true. Well, it's not true, but he's real. That's what I meant. Okay, yep. Uh, North Korea. Yeah, so we do find ourselves, don't we, against other nations and uh, governments and politics, right? It's, it's just mad, absolutely uh, mad. And, and our opinions to do with that. How, how do we tackle, how do we fight against maybe things that we don't agree that happens in politics, right? Okay, good stuff. Well, I think that's a, that's a, a good list. And, and the reality is that we are in a war. We are at war with these things, and there's tons more, isn't there? We are in a war, and I'm, I'm sure many of us have been in a situation where we're like, oh man, I just cannot get through this. I'm fighting against this thing, and I, I just, I'm finding it so hard, because the war is real. And I don't know about you, but I find myself, um, you know, stuck in the mundane kind of clockwork of life, and, uh, you know, where I become a bit distant and a bit naive. Uh, and, you know, of, and unconscious of the battle that is happening. And I, I, that is so dangerous. I'm, I'm convinced that that is so dangerous. Because as Paul says, well, we won't be ready for when the, the heat of the battle rises. And so that's why Paul says, you've got to put on that armor. 
You've got to put on this armor so that you're ready, so that you can stand firm in the battle that we find ourselves. Because if we're not, then potentially kind of the schemes of the devil, of the evil one, right, they, they, they can become our reality instead of the truth of God. And so there's a real danger when we go, oh, no, there's, there's nothing going on, really. There's no battle here. But we've got to be real. We've got to be real. I love that. You know, yes, we are fighting against the evil one. He will do anything to bring you down. And that is the reality of war. And so that is why Paul says, put on the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is what we're looking at today. And so let's look at the breastplate, right? The breastplate. It's the imagery of uh, the Roman soldier's armor of what he put on. It covered uh, the body from the neck to the thighs, so this whole uh, kind of section of the body. And there was a section on the front and on the back, so it was kind of this whole section of covering uh, this part of the body. And the breastplate, of course, was very vital because it it protected the most essential organs in our body. And one of those, of course, being the heart. And so without this piece of armor, uh, the, the soldier, uh, the army, would be very exposed to the attacks of the enemy. And so that's why when Paul instructs us to put on the breastplate, he's actually instructing us, guys, you've got to protect your heart. You have got to protect your heart. Make it a priority to keep your heart safe. And so that's why he uses the breastplate as that imagery. But furthermore, he he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. And so we're going to spend a few moments looking at righteousness. What is righteousness? What does the Bible talk about righteousness? And the Bible actually tackles, uh, talks about righteousness as two types. So the first type is positional righteousness. Positional righteousness. And positional righteousness is all about being automatically made right with God through Jesus' death and resurrection. So when Jesus died on the cross, he hung on the tree and he died. And three days later, he rose to life. And Whilst doing that, he did something that no one else could do. He took the sin that was on us, that captivated us, that had us in chains, and he put it on himself. So that when he died, when he hung on that tree as the sacrifice, the debt that we owed had been paid off. That is so cool. (laughs) That is so cool. He took our place... And so he positioned himself on the cross to give us the position of righteousness. And so we are righteous. We are righteous. And what that means is basically we are made right with God, which means we can confidently come before God with no guilt, no shame, and go, do you know what, God? I love you, and I know you love me. We can be confident. To go to God, and we don't have to think about the mistakes that we've made, the sins we've committed. We don't have to think about, oh, what's God going to think about what I looked at my computer last night? What's God going to think about the magazines I've been reading all week? What's God going to think about the thoughts that went through my mind this morning, or the things I said to my friend or enemy this week? We don't have to think like that. We can go to God in confidence and go, do you know what, God? I've messed up. God, have mercy on me for the sinner that I am. But I know 
that I am righteous. I've been made right through Christ, through what he did on the cross. So that's the first type of righteousness. I mean, that is one of my faves. Okay, but because we are positionally righteous. That's the first type. The second type is practical righteousness. And this one isn't so much fun. Because practical righteousness is all about becoming in practice what we already are in position. I wish I wrote that. I didn't. I stole it. But it's so good. Right? It's becoming what we already are in position. We already are in position. What are we? What position do we hold? We are righteous. And so the practical righteousness God calls us to is becoming who we are. It's, being, it's living in the light of who we are. And uh, Sim mentioned it earlier, I can believe it, my mouth dropped. I said to Jordan, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that later. Because uh, Paul tackles this exact thing, and I love it. This is, uh, Romans 6 just blows my mind anyway. Uh, but Romans 5, Paul says this. Just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing, righteousness, right standing with God, and resulting in eternal life with Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he continues into Romans 6 verse 1 and says what sin read earlier. Well then, should I keep on sinning so that God can and show us more and more of his wonderful grace. Of course not, you wallies! No! No, that is not how it works! Of course not! Don't be stupid! That is not the truth. He says, of course not! I added the wallies. Of course not! Since we have died to sin, how can we sin anymore? We have been given the position, nor righteousness. And so we've got to act it out. We've got to live in the light of that. And Paul's saying, of course not. Don't sin just because you can. You know, becoming a Christian doesn't mean, oh, I've got the grace of God. I can sit back, you know, relax and do whatever I please. If that's your thinking, then, gosh, we're doing something wrong. Because that's not how it works. Of course God is all about grace. He is all about love and forgiveness. Of course that's what it's all about. But being Jesus in this world... We have to live out that righteousness. We have to be Jesus in this world. And we're not going to be Jesus in this world unless we live a righteous life. 1 John 3.10 says, So now we can tell who are the children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. What? I thought it was all about grace. Well, it is. But we've got to live righteously as well. 1 Timothy 6, uh, Paul says to Timmy, I love Timmy. Timmy, uh, we're looking at Timothy later on in the year. Uh, did I just say Timmy? We're looking at Timothy. <laughs> got it. Okay, we're looking at Timothy later on in the year. And 1 Timothy 6 says, uh, Paul, Paul is urging Timothy, pursue righteousness. Pursue it. What does pursue mean? That looks, look for it, run for it. Pursue righteousness in a godly life. And in Ephesians 4.1, uh, Paul says again, walk in the manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. We have been called to a life of righteousness, of practical righteousness, as well as knowing our positional righteousness. 
And so with all this in mind, uh, as the breastplate symbolizes righteousness, uh, Paul is suggesting that, of course, righteousness is, is essential to, to battling against these things. It's essential. And, you know, because it shields us from the enemy's attacks, this righteousness. And so for a moment, I'd love you to place your hand on your heart. Is that okay? Place your hand on your heart. Sing with me. God save our queen. I love the queen. And we're not going to do that. But put your hand on your heart. And your heart is beating. Well, it should be. It should be beating. If it's not, then we've got a problem. Maybe go to the back and seek help. Okay, but your heart is beating, which means it's pumping blood and oxygen. is picking up oxygen and nutritious goodness around your body. And is that right, Maddie? Am I, that is true, isn't it? That's so true. I knew that. I totally knew that. I listened in science, right? Uh, but it, the heart pumps blood around the body. It, it picks up oxygen and nutritious goodness and, and puts them to the places that, that need them. And when the heart, it, when something's wrong with the heart, it's noticeable, right? Because it's the life source. If there's no heart, there's no blood. And when there's no blood, there's no breath. And when there's no breath, there is no life. And so the heart, is, of course, is essential. And so Paul is saying, well, yes, you need, obviously, your physical heart needs to keep safe. But also, this, it's, it's the spiritual protection of our heart as well. Because we know that our heart is kind of the home place of our feelings, of our emotions, of the love and adoration that we have for others. The heart, that things birth from the heart. So... Um, let me just give you some examples. So in the battle, the enemy will consistently be trying to convince you that you're guilty of your sin. Uh, you know, he, uh, that will bring you misery and shame and guilt and condemnation. So that, that's what in the battle we, we may experience. But positional righteousness defines you. It defines who you are and declares you innocent before the judge like a court. So in battle, uh, Satan will continue to wave temptation after temptation after temptation after temptation underneath your nose. But practical righteousness enables you to walk like Christ did through our actions and the way we behave, which naturally will draw us to loving God more. Protects our heart. And so in battle, the devil will consistently be accusing you, accusing you of your sin and mistakes that you've made in the past, making you feel inadequate, worthless, and that you are complete failure. That's what the battle will do. But positional righteousness will uh, affirms your significance in Christ, in this world, as a, a child of God. Therefore, filling you with confidence to go, I'm going to walk with my head held high. In, in the battle, the enemy will continue to persuade you that God has no idea what's best for your life. He did that very well to Adam and Eve. Are you sure God said that? Are you sure? He will do that. Are you sure that God knows what's best for you? He will, he will do that. But practical righteousness provides an example to the non-Christians in our lives of going, oh, wow, there's something different about them. They do things right. I wonder why. So it protects our heart. The breastplate of righteousness protects our heart. And so when we wear righteousness, 
It protects us from the false condemnation of the devil. And it, it, it guards our lives from giving in to the temptation of Satan. And so it is essential. Paul is saying, you've got to put on this piece of armor. Because without it, things will go very wrong. And, and so uh, when we wear the, the righteousness, uh, life in all its fullness will, will become easier, right? If, we, if we're aware of our righteousness and if we live uh, righteous, then we will, be, uh, we will do life better. That's what I'm trying to say. We, we will be different. We will find things easier. So, uh, for example, uh, it will become more natural to defend yourself from, from these things. It will become natural. When we do it more, we become better at it, so it will become natural. It will be, it will, uh, be, better, we'll be better at ignoring accusations. Right? If, if accusations come away, we'll be like, nope, I don't believe that. I know it's not true. So the more we put it on, the, more, the better we will be at that. And we'll be better at uh, ignoring, uh, being confident in who we are. We will find it more opportunistic to be light and salt in this world. So if we are living right, people may say, well, hold on, there's something different about you. Ha-ha. There is. I can tell you all about it. Jesus. Right? We, we can do that. There's more opportunities to do that. And doing the right thing will become more of a habit. Right? And we, it, we second nature. We won't even have to think about it. But, you know, that's if we wear the righteousness. But on the other hand, if we don't wear righteousness, then I'm afraid we might lose. Now, let me explain what I mean. This is my favorite part. The ultimate battle between God and the devil has been won. It's been won, right? We are winners. We are on the winning side. John, can you just turn my mic down just slightly? Come on! Yes! That's awesome! We've won! It's so good. That's how I react when Man you score. That's gonna how I react when I know that Jesus has won. Yes! Because I'm like, was there a battle in the first place? You need to think about that. Like, Satan had literally nothing to stand on. He was fighting against God Almighty. No one can win a battle against the God Almighty. No one. No one can conquer him. No one can conquer him. Nothing. No powers of hell will prevail. Because Jesus is one. And he did that on the cross. Can you notice I'm a bit out of breath now? (laughs) That was fun. Okay, we have won. We have won the battle. We are on the winning side. However, of course we know that even though Jesus has paid the debt of sin, even though nothing will ever conquer uh, Jesus, even though that there is no one higher or no one greater, still the devil likes to give it a go. And as I said earlier, really briefly, but I just want to you know, make sure that we know this and understand this. Satan will do anything in his power to bring you down. That's his job. That's what he does. That's who he is. He's the father of lies. He is prowling around like a roaring lion. Good grief, that's a hard sentence to say. He is prowling. 
no. He is prowling round like a roaring lion. Okay, we got there. Right, he's doing that. He's ready to pounce. He will do anything in his power to bring you down. And so there is still this battle that takes place. And so when we don't wear the armor, we may lose that battle. That battle not for salvation, because we've already received that, but the battle, again, you know, for life. Life in its fullness. Jesus has given us everything we need to have life in all its fullness, but we will only get life in all its fullness if we do something about it. And so that's why we need to change. And I believe... um, I believe there's, there's people here who uh, need to put on more of the positional righteousness. So there's people here that need to, need to do that, that need to put on more of the positional, to go, you know, you don't believe yet, or you've forgotten that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. You know, that you've got guilt and shame for things you've done, where you don't need to have that. Because you are positionally righteous. And, and the second group of people is, is this practical righteousness. And I think this is, this is tough. Because I think many of us take for granted the positional righteousness that we have. And so we don't live in the right way. And that's, that's really hard. That's tough. Because it means that we have to change. <laughs> and no one likes change. And so I'd love us this morning to, to go, God... Which one? Obviously, we need both hands, but God, which one of these are you, are you trying to highlight to me? Which one are you, you prodding me at? Because, you know, we, we can all grow in each of these areas, right? Which one of these? Where, am, do I need more positional righteousness, or do I need to get better at practicing righteousness? And so, big team, aren't they beautiful? I mean, I'm biased because most of them are young people this morning. Uh, but the big team are going to hand out some slips of paper. They're just plain and, and some pens if you don't have a pen. Um, they're at the back, Tim. Sorry. I left them there in excitement. Um, so just slips of paper and, and some pens. And what I'd love you to do is to write down which of the two that you think God is speaking to you about. So this righteousness, of the breastplate of righteousness. Paul says, put on the armor of God. Well, okay, we're going to put on this righteousness, but which one do you think God is, is challenging you about of putting more on? Is it the positional or is it the practical? And so when you've done that, when you've written it just on the bit of paper, have they disappeared? Oh, no. Have I put them down somewhere? Oh, that sucks. Oh, no, the paper's in the pens. Ah, they're small. They're small. Okay, we've, we've got them. That's good. Okay. Uh, we haven't got loads of time left. So, band, can you come up? Um, sorry you don't get to partake in this. That really sucks for musicians because they often miss out on doing something. But, um, but we're going to do this together. And as you write them down, I would love you to bring it to the front and to place it in this basket. And I, I, I firmly believe that um, as we, you know, physically do something, something happens in us. I think God honors that. So on this bit of paper that's come around, write down which one. Is it positional righteousness or is it practical righteousness that God would love you to to put on more? Okay, and as we do that, uh, we're going to sing, if that's okay. And and we're simply going to sing of the love of Christ because he's so good, right? I can sing of his love forever. We're going to bring back that old one. I can sing of your love forever. 
because of the righteousness that you've given me and the righteousness that I want to live out for you. So we're going to sing together and then we'll, we'll kind of come back together after this song. And as you, as you do this, um, if you would like prayer for whatever you've put down or something that's been brought up this morning, um, the prayer team will be over here to my right, your left, and someone will uh, pray for you. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.